You're listening to On The Air, a brand new podcast brought to you by Stonewater. Join us as throughout this series, we'll be getting to the heart of what matters in the social housing industry today. From essential questions about shared ownership to celebrating community projects for veterans. Join Anisha Patel and her co-host, Sarah Ann Mills-Bricknell, and a whole host of industry figures, colleagues and customers for some lively and informative conversation about what matters most in housing in 2020. This is On The Air, a Stonewater podcast. Hello, and thanks for joining us on our second episode of On The Air. Today, we're going to be talking with colleagues from Stonewater who work firsthand with supporting aspiring homeowners. Yes, today's show is about shared ownership. There's been a lot on the news of late about reviewing the existing government model, and we are here to talk to Bev, Abby and Catherine, who all work for Stonewater Homes to talk about the misconceptions about the scheme. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Hello. Hello. So let's first begin with, there's obviously a lot of confusion about what shared ownership is. Can you just explain what it is and who it applies to and just give us the kind of general background for it? Well, it is what it says on the tin, really. Part buy, part rent. The buyer would buy an affordable share of the property, depending on their own affordable circumstances and they would rent on the share that they don't own. There's lots of misconceptions, to be honest. I get buyers ringing me up saying, who will I share the house with? Yeah, I've <laughs> yeah. had that. You just don't realise how Going often that's Going back to asked. student days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, who, who am I going to share with? I think there's an awful lot of education needed with regard to the product in general, to be honest, particularly in the area that I cover, which is the Northern Patch. It's more so in the southern area that it's understood a little bit more, but we need more education, I think, as we sort of go to the Midlands and further up north, definitely. But like I say, it is what it says on the tin, shared ownership, buy, buy part, rent the other part. There's a lot of misunderstanding about shared ownership amongst not just the housing sector, um, but nationwide and in the public eye. And I think as a housing industry together, we need to make sure that we're working to make kind of a consistent approach and make sure that we're giving the same message. Um, You said a second ago that you feel that it's working and it is understood in in the south, but perhaps more work is needed up north. So there's definitely some work to be done on the consistency and the message that we're putting out, not just as our organisation, but as a sector together. And in terms of, you know, who it's aimed at, I would say um, anyone who's aspiring to get on the property ladder who can't buy on the open market for whatever reason, usually because the the deposits are completely preventative. You know, if you need 10% and the average house price now is £250,000, well, you know, good luck trying to save that. And you could be a shared owner as long as you don't um, earn more than £80,000 a year combined, which I think would um, class most people, to be honest. And it doesn't need to be, it doesn't have to have been your first home, does it? Is it? No, 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 no actually, that's probably that's, quite a common that's misconception. That's another one of the misconceptions, yeah. Is that it has to be you have to be a first-time buyer whereas you know in my experience of dealing with shared ownership we've actually seen quite a market for um the older generations yeah. people that are you know separating and they're selling a family home and when they're going on their own they're not able to you know to afford to buy another house on the open market so again another common misconception is it that it is for first-time buyers only another misconception that we find a lot of is that they think that the service charges are hundreds and hundreds of pounds 
on a monthly basis and they, they end up being £35-ish, so depending with, on the scheme. Do Does service charges apply to everyone that has a shared ownership property or is it just a particular type of house? Depends, essentially. It depends on the lease. I would say, generally, if you have a flat, then yes, you're quite likely to pay a service charge. Um, that's because we're, we're going to be responsible for cleaning the communal area, the grounds maintenance, if there's any applicable, communal lighting, everything like that. Um, it's always worth remembering that we will have to insure the property as well so that the shared owner will be responsible for a proportion of that. And I would say that would apply to houses as well. If we do carry out any estate services, then yes, there would be a service charge, but it's not uncommon to find a shared ownership house where you're just paying insurance fee and maybe a small management fee as well. And the service charge has explained to customers sort of from the beginning and from the offset we, and they can find out more. And... Yes, I mean, before before they'll even agree to buy a new build, we'll have to get that service charge estimate out to, to people. Of course, when it's a brand new scheme, it is just an estimate. We don't have the benefit of hindsight. So, of course, you know, there's going to be some reconciliations to be made. But what I would say is that all our residents will only pay for costs we've actually incurred. Whilst they might be paying an estimate for the first year and going forward, ultimately they will only pay what we've actually spent as well. Kind of myths around shared ownership is that there's all these hidden costs and you're not told about them, you know, up front, I think, as a sector. And we need to do a lot of work about making people aware. They're they're not hidden costs. We just need to make sure that they're they're understood from day one so that you don't have, you know, people feeling like they haven't been fully informed. So working alongside their solicitor at the point of sale, making sure that everything they receive is, I don't want to say simple, but jargon and free so we're not trying to catch them out we're not trying to confuse them they're not hidden costs Um, they're not scary and like you say they are part and parcel of having a shared ownership property but they needn't be a deterrent or put people off the one thing that really stands out to me is a lot of these costs aren't unique just for shared ownership or for a housing association like my friend bought a flat and it's not shared ownership, she's, it's completely hers, but she still has to pay service fees for Absolutely. the building. But people don't ever actually talk about that. And it's not something that is widely discussed. So I think that is where an angry kind of tone about yeah. all these extra costs. Yeah. But really, it's just the same as anything else. That's it. And it just needs that better education from, from the offset, really. And it is, I think it is the elephant in the room when yes. you talk about um, shared ownership and leasehold as a whole. Um, but it doesn't, it really doesn't need to be. Like there is nothing scary about it as long as you are upfront. Um, let people know what you know what they can expect. It it really doesn't need to be a problem. It's important to remind um, our customers that when they're buying their homes, they are stress tested on an affordability yes. calculator that does factor in service charges. It doesn't just say right you can afford the mortgage. Yeah, there we go. That's it does really factor point, in the rent Catherine. and the service charges, and it is stress tested to make sure that we're not going to be leaving them in a position that they can't afford to Absolutely. maintain those payments. I think so many prospective buyers don't don't know that. No. They they just assume sort of I think because shared ownership is still relative like the details are relatively new to lots of people. And we all know what renting is, we all know what buying a home yeah. is. But that that weird in the middle, I think, can be confusing to well, first time yeah. buyers. I was gonna ask that. What other schemes do you think shared ownership does get confused with mm. from from mm. my point of view i get buyers that say to me is this the right to buy or is it the rent to buy yes yeah. and that and then you have to sort of distinguish between those yeah. different sort of ways of purchasing yeah there are there are schemes that that it is easily confused with but i know there's a national campaign at the moment to raise awareness of shared yeah. ownership to kind of give it its own brand and give it its own identity to the same level and the same extent that help to buy has had uh, you've got help to buy equity loan you've got help to buy shared ownership but the branding has been massively overshadowed by the equity loan side of things so they've done a national campaign to 
you know, bring shared ownership up to the same level to try and make sure that people aren't getting confused between the schemes and that they have got the information that they need. So Catherine, you've mentioned, and I know you have as well, Bev, you've both worked for other housing associations. Are there any differences between how Stonewater approaches shared ownership to the places you worked for? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the, the, the product itself is, you know, is, is pretty similar. Um, obviously, we've, we've got guidelines, we've got regulations that we need to make sure that we're following. But the, you know, the geography of where different associations work and the nature of the customers that are buying homes in that area, you know, there are differences between the schemes that we offer. Um, and there are differences between the services that we offer as well. I know having moved from my old association to Stonewater, um, we've got a variety of different shared ownership leases yeah. that mean that we've had to tailor the service to make sure that you know, our customers that have got these specific leases um, on their homes get the best service when when they call up. At my previous association, they were mainly all the same. So we had a very generic one route service for all of the transactions that, that our shared owners needed to go through. But it's quite refreshing to see that at Stonewater, they've adapted their services to accommodate the fact that they've, they've got all these varying, you know, shared ownership options for their customers. Mm, I agree. I think it's so much more user-friendly at Stonewater the previous HA that I worked for, it was all about um, selling the property. It's all about targets. Mm. The product is there. Whereas at Stonewater, I've been with the organisation for a year and there's lots of handholding. It's very customer-centric. You know, the execs, from, from my point of view, we get to know the buyers and they all have a different story. They, they all have that personal element and it's really good to be able to understand what they need. Some of them need lots of handholding. Some of them need very little. But you have to adapt. And I think that's what you were talking about. You know, there's that adaptability and it's a warmer environment. And I think people that buy with Stonewater have a very different experience from what I can see. Is that sort of the feedback that you get from buyers as well once they're sort of six months into the property? And Yeah, we. Do. I mean, I, I sort of see them at the end when I hand the keys across mm-hmm. and that's such a fulfilling part of my job. I love that it. That must be brilliant. Oh, it is, honestly. It's, it's, it's the amazing. best part of the role. Yeah, really it work, is. is it really? It's really good. And it's changing lives. Yeah. You know, it really is. It sounds really cheesy, but it does change their lives. You know, you do get some shared owners that literally just want to be left alone mm. and you get some shared owners that they do need their hand-holding and they do want regular contact um, from you and I think that's why it's important to make sure that you've got an adaptable and a versatile service so that it's not one size fits all you're going to have different people that have different needs um, and you need to make sure that your you know your service meets that requirement definitely you know ultimately Stonewater will be their landlord until and if they staircase but how much involvement they want with us very much depends it's um depends on the customer need I mean staircasing it's it's again another a title Funny that probably term. confuses people. You know, not literally. They think they're going to be buying a stair at a time, um, <laughs> but it, it, it is a confusing term. Essentially, most leases will give you the option to staircase up to one hundred percent. There are some that are restricted for certain reasons, but essentially, it means that if you buy into your property um, or your home at, at day one at say 25%, if in five years time you're in the position that you want to buy a further 50%, your lease allows you to do that. So as you acquire further shares in your property or in your home, your rent reduces to your landlord. So you're you're investing more in your home um, and not paying rent to your, mm-hmm. you know, to your landlord. Most leases will allow you to, to staircase a number of times. Again, there are restrictions in some. So I'd always advise that, you know, if you're ever looking into to staircasing, just give your landlord, give Stonewater yeah. a call yeah. and we'll happily have a look at your lease and see, you know, see what your options are. Those that do have the opportunity to buy 100% of that, your home, depending on whether you're in a flat or a house, will decide whether you're able to acquire the freehold, in which case you are the absolute owner of yeah. your property, the same as you would be if you bought a home on the open market. If you are going to buy your flat at 100%, 
then you may need to consider that there will be ongoing service charges. But again, your landlord will discuss all of those points with you to make sure yeah. that you're fully aware of what the transaction involves. Definitely. And none of that will be a surprise, or at least it shouldn't be a surprise no, at the not. point of staircasing. You know, if for whatever reason your property or your home is restricted to 80%, you will know that at the point of sale. So there should be no nasty surprises. Sorry, just to play devil's advocate. Yeah. If someone can only buy 80% of their home, why would that be something they would want to do or why is that something people should still be interested in doing? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question. And generally speaking, it's because that's an area where there is such high demand that the council have only agreed to allow us to, to sell the properties if they are restricted so they can essentially remain affordable housing in perpetuity. That's essentially the reasoning. As a, In terms of why would someone want to do it, I mean, you're still getting that equity stake. You know, you still have the possibility of, of staircasing to 80%. It's still an attractive investment. And, you know, lots of people do remain at the equity stake that they initially bought. And I have to say that that's fine as well. There's absolutely no pressure from Stonewater or any housing associations to buy more if they bought at 20% and they're very happy that's fine. They still have that equity that they could pass on to their children or use if they need to for retirement. I think that's where shared ownership comes into its own. And I think speaking in line with the staircasing chat we were just having and also with the 80% um, you know, restricted leases, we need to remember that not every shared owner wants to go to 100%. Yeah. You've got your investment in your property, but a lot of shared owners want the security of having their own home. You know, they don't want to be in a private rented property that they don't know when they could possibly exactly. be evicted by their landlord. They've got the flexibility to do what they want with the home within reason. Um, they can decorate <laughs> it how they like. It's quite easy for everyone to focus on the financials and think, well, why would you want to go into a property that you can only acquire 80%? Some people literally just want the security of knowing that that is their home and no one is going to take that away from them. So I think that's a really important part to remember with the cap leases, the restricted leases and with staircasing. It's there as an option for you. Yeah. You don't have to take it up. We're more than happy if you just want to remain as a shared owner and keep that security. Going back to financials, um, it sounds really complicated in the sense that you pay a mortgage, you pay rent and you pay service fees. Is it a case of that you make one payment a month or how is it distributed generally? Um, you have your, your mortgage payment, you have your rent and your service charge payment. So it's two payments that come out every single month. The mortgage is your responsibility to keep an eye on. I get contacted from the mortgage advisor that originally set up my mortgage through the, the housing association that I, that I bought through. And I know that similar financial advisors will do the same. Rent and service charges, you'll always receive notification if your rent or service charge is going to change. Um, that will come out to you in advance. So you know where you stand with your, with your financial. Yes, it's two payments, not one. But in my experience, not just speaking personally, um, having dealt with shared owners um, previously, that rent and service charge payment alongside your mortgage normally equates to what you'd be paying on the open market if you had a property of that value. So you're not paying more because you're paying mortgage and a rent. Can can I just ask though, what's the guarantee that the rent won't suddenly increase to an unaf unaffordable price? So um, my team are probably sick of me uh, saying this, but I would read the lease, you know, that is so key, you know, especially when you're dealing with people who are just so excited about getting that property, getting that home finally. For shared ownership leases, the rent increase is annual. The rate is always specified in the lease. There is always a calculation in there. So there should be no nasty surprises as long as you or your solicitor have done their research. Generally speaking, the, the increase is around about 1, 1.5% in line with RPI. So there should be no nasty surprises there. 
In terms of the service charges, I think it's important to say that they will always be variable. That's for shared owners, leaseholders, freeholders, variable service charges. But, you know, going back to Catherine's point of stress testing, that is always considered as well, just like they would if you were buying on the open market. You know, could you afford a, a sharp increase in mortgage interest? And know? I think it's important to remember that we talk a lot about, oh, what happens if my service charges go up? Service charges can go down. Yes, when, it does happen. When they're variable, they can go both ways. Yes, it's not guaranteed that your service charges are going to go down or stay the same, but they don't always increase. Dear, when we look at schemes before they actually go to the development stage, we have to do some assessment work at the beginning, looking at affordable properties in that area. And we do calculations working on what people need within the area, what they're earning within the area. So we have to prepare information to go to board, ensuring that the figures that we provide with regard to the values at that time are actually lower than what you would pay for renting a property of a similar stance, you know, another three-bed property or whatever. So our figures as we go towards the development process are Are always looked at very, very carefully. So when you're talking about affordable housing, it's going to show that it's lower to buy a shared ownership property part by part rent than it would be to rent on the open market. Does that mean the quality of the homes then suffer as a result? Absolutely or? not. No, no. And if anything, they're built to the same specification, I would say. Yeah, we're not. I mean, at one time, I think it was the social housing thing when you go to a development site. Oh, it's, it's only the social. It's nothing like that now. The meters that I go to on site, we push for very, very high spec as much as we can. In fact, I get told off because I, tr- I try and push too much. <laughs> they do not look like affordable social housing. They are beautiful houses. The way I like to see it is I feel that every customer should be able to walk onto a development, see the home that they fall in love with and say, right, this is how much I've got. What are my options for buying it? The home you get isn't dictated by what scheme you're eligible for. You pick your home and then you can see what scheme you're going to be suitable for. That means that all of them need to be of the same spec and of the same standard. And then would you find that it's harder or is is it different? having to get a mortgage for a shared ownership property compared to if you were just outright buying? The lending industry would be stupid not to keep up Mm -hmm, with that. They have to keep up with it. That's where the demand is and that's where some of the demand is and that's where some of their customers are are coming from. That said, there's definitely work to be done with lenders on making sure that information is accessible for customers. On a you know high street lenders website, it's not always that easy to find the information you you need. So there's definitely work to be done with lenders yeah. about making sure that that information is in the public domain so that people can you know find it doing their own research. Earlier, you mentioned that it seems that down south people are more educated about what shared ownership is and that it's available, and there's a, a different kind of knowledge in the north. Is there more stonewater homes that are available for shared ownership down south than there is up north? Yes, yeah, currently there is. I mean. I think a big growth area is due to be Leeds up to Harrogate and that area. So I'm sort of based in Derbyshire and I was employed about a year ago to take on sort of northern patch because the majority has been predominantly the Midlands, the southern areas where knowledge and salaries are higher. Mm. So um, moving up to the north, affordability is still an issue. You know, there's a difference with buyers in the north and south, definitely, and the education of understanding shared ownership, as I mentioned. And just quickly going back to sort of charges and Stonewater being the landlord, when it comes to sort of repairs and maintenance and that sort of thing, is that is that specified in 
the lease or how, how does that yes, work? When you're yeah, in? so um, that's probably one of the most important points to mention is that while you may only own a 25 or 40% equity stake, you have a full self-repairing lease. So that essentially means you have all the normal encumbrances associated with home ownership. So it's not the traditional landlord and tenant relationship. So Stonewater as landlord wouldn't be responsible for any repairs inside your home. Although if you do own on an estate or if you have a flat, we would be responsible for communal areas, the structure of the building if it's a flat. So that's something that I think also needs to be publicized. I would pretty much guarantee that none of our customers, that wouldn't come as a surprise to any of them. We're, We're so keen about getting that information out. That's quite a good thing to discuss is sort of the resell if you're a shared ownership owner and then you want to move on or sort of change location. How does that work? Well, it's relatively simple. Um, There are different, you know, Stonewater, like I said earlier, have got a variety of different ways that their shared owners can sell depending on what what the nature of their lease is. Just to kind of go down the the standard route, most leases will have a nomination agreement in them um, that says that the landlord has a certain amount of time and that can vary. Um, It's normally between about four about four and eight weeks yeah four and eight weeks um to to nominate and find a buyer for them that said there are a few leases that don't contain those nomination rights um but again all of that will be explained you know at the point of sale it's really not a hurdle um if anything you've got the helping hand of your landlord stonewater in this case to help you through that sales process and if for whatever reason we couldn't find a buyer within that period then you can of course go and market it on the open market as you would anyway You're listening to On The Air, a Stonewater podcast for conversations that matter. Okay, I'd like you to pretend that I'm a Stonewater customer and I want to buy a property, a shared ownership property, or at least I think I do. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. What would be your first tip or your one bit of advice for me for knowing that I want to consider this? We have buyers that come to us like this. It's like, right, I don't know whether this is the right thing for me or not. And we always point them in the direction of, right, okay, you've answered those questions. You don't own another house. You haven't got any more than 80000 coming in to your household. Right, let's, let's see what we can do for you. Where would you like to live? What we always say to them is, first of all, you must be really, really honest because we have situations where people want to buy but it's not affordable for them and we don't want to get them into trouble. So they need to be honest about any bad credit, any loans that they have, that sort of thing. And you've got to get to know that buyer initially. You've got to find out all their personal circumstances, but just get everything out there. And then once you've got the picture of what's going on, we can then decide what the best route for them is, you know, be it two bed, three bed, in what area. But I would always always say straight away, just be honest, you know, tell us your story and we will help you as much as we can. So that's always the first question that we do as, as a sales exec. We've spoken to a couple of people from Stonewater and a lot of them, are, it's more on the social housing side and they've talked about how customers at the heart of it, that's still the same even for shared ownership yeah. properties. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. More so sometimes because we have to know, because they're going to go through all the financial checks and they all have a story, you know, it's yeah. a very different story. So we need to know exactly what's going on and be able to help with those personal circumstances because they are so different. Most of our customers, we need to remember that it's a daunting experience for them. Buying a home is not something you do every day. It's no. one of the biggest decisions Probably. that you will make in yeah. your life. As Bev said, it's very important to make sure that they've got all of the information they need, that they're honest, and that we are 
hundred percent relatable to them, mm. so that they you know they feel they can be honest, they feel they can ask us anything they want to, and they feel that they are at the heart of everything that that we're doing. So that's one of the most important things that I always try to remember is this is a massive decision that yeah. this customer is making. Are we doing everything we can to make sure they're making the right one? Because we market our properties generally, we st- we start marketing about forty percent just as a gauge. But what we will do with certain buyers is. If their affordability comes in and it doesn't quite meet the 40%, if we can make it work for them at, say, 35%, depending on the scheme, we will do it because they will obviously have that housing need. Yeah, It's important for them to get a home. So we will work with them and and try and sort something out for their circumstances. So there is that flexibility as well. Where we have it, we will do it. With everything that you've said, I personally don't understand why... If, some, if someone wants to buy a house and shared ownership is the route they need to go down, I, I personally don't understand why no one would want to do that. But there seems to be such a negative, I think we've touched on it before and we've said about service charges and stuff like that. What other things do you think contribute to people having a negative um, Well, I suppose, speaking sort of in a wider context, it's probably the fear of leasehold. I mean, a leasehold is under a lot of criticism at the moment, and there is huge plans for leasehold reform. And that in some part does include shared ownership. So I think there's probably a lot of misconceptions around ownership and the different types. In terms of actually myth busting, I think the best we can do is just make sure that they have all of those those answers as before they buy, really, and be transparent. Can I just ask you to clarify what's meant by leasehold? Yeah, I mean, um, again, I know we bandy these terms around, but essentially leasehold would be typically your flat. So you can never own the structure of a flat unless you collectively get together with uh, other owners, but I won't go in there. Um, So um, you won't own the structure of a flat. So the most ownership you could achieve is leasehold. So that is 100% you own that flat, but you don't own the land in which it sits on. And that's what freehold is. So you own, in law, they say, you know, a freeholder owns the the home to the, the hells below and the heavens above. You know, that is absolute ownership in legal terms. Shared ownership is a bit of a unique hybrid in some respects. So um, it's often called leasehold, which it is technically, but it, it can also be essentially a long, assured, shorthold tenancy. So I think that might put people off as well as the length of a lease. So usually shared ownership leases are, are granted at about 99 years. So I think there's a lot more the government could be doing. You know, I'd love to see shared ownership properties of 999-year leases. I mean, that would be incredible. So I think what might put some people off is something that certainly housing associations and the government to some extent are aware of and are trying to combat. Um, you know, we do have a long way to go, but um, I think it's just being transparent, really. Do you think another problem is to do with the availability of some of the shared ownership homes and are they in the right areas and is there certain areas that are in particular need? Um, Possibly. I mean, in terms of our sort of development, um, speaking to my manager, he's saying we're focusing, like you say, on the growth areas, but also the the Oxford to Cambridge link as well. We've actively chosen not to to build in London because it's already pretty well self-served and land is so expensive. So there probably is an element of where demand is needed. And of course, there is a supply issue. You know, that's that's why we have a housing crisis. I think you've resolved all of the myths I had. Me too, <laughs> definitely. I've got a much better understanding of what it is in that conversation. No, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
If you would like any more information about everything that we've talked about in today's podcast, check the episode description and we'll have all the links so you can find out all the relevant information. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Stonewaters On The Air. Thanks for listening. We'll be launching a new episode every other Wednesday, so stay tuned for some more great conversations. Mm -hmm.